Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Yunkins here, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about five rules to staying ready. So what does staying ready mean? Um, I think you have a little bit of an idea what that means, um, but especially if you're an athlete. But have you ever heard of the quote, stay ready so you don't have to get ready? Well, um, I sure have, and I actually really, <clears throat> I believe in this philosophy, like really whole, wholeheartedly. Um, not just because of my profession as being a physical prep coach, but, you know, in reality, when you understand how training works, um, you know, this concept is very true. And, um, so why is this true? Like, why is this important? Why do we need to know this as racers? You know, Joel, why do I have to stay ready? Like, what's the point of an off season? And, um, if I'm already racing, you know, why do I have to stay ready if I'm already, you know, deep into, you know, the season? Like, why is this all important? And and also, like, what doesn't this mean? So um, the reality is, you know, you want to have first, let's talk about what it doesn't mean. Um, staying ready doesn't mean peak conditioning year round. It means not neglecting your physical preparation for extended periods of time. It just means that you're always tending to it and you're not letting yourself go or like you're not letting yourself get out of shape. You're staying in shape so that when it's actually time to train hard for a specific phase, your body's ready. You don't have to get in shape to actually train. Um, why this is important is because <clears throat> this allows for easy transitions between different phases of your training. Again, so you're in shape, so you don't have to go make this harsh transition from, hey, I'm out of shape, but now I got to do this uh, hardcore eight-week preseason training. Um, when you have harsh transitions, your body does not like that. It does not adapt well to it. And harsh transitions in within your training and preparation, uh, the risk of injuries go up, and you're not going to have the long-lasting results that you want. Um, so, yeah. So this is why it's true. Like you want to always stay in shape. So it's really not staying ready really means, you know, stay in shape all the time. Don't get out of shape. Don't feel like you're, um, don't go into couch potato for too long. And we're going to kind of get into that a little bit later here with the five rules to staying ready. Um, before the, before we do that, I got some cool stuff I want to share with you. Um, so in my profession as my job, like when I talk to different racers, whether they're coming to train with me or we're doing like online coaching, even like in various, um, like on a lot of like, con like consultation sessions I have with different racers, um, all throughout, you know, the country, the world, like when we talk to them, uh, there's a common theme that I always find and it's very predictable and I'm going to share that with you today. Um, a lot of the times, you know, racers, they train really hard for short periods of time in their career. So we're talking high volume, high intensity, like they're really getting after it, but it's only for a short period. And that short period could be, you know, maybe, um, you know, three to six months, maybe some might last for about a year. Um, then after that, you know, after that time period of training really hard, their training becomes really inconsistent and usually falls off you know, for months to, you know, years on end. And that's kind of how they end up, you know, talking to me because it just, they knew they were training really hard, but they didn't maybe get the results they wanted, which led to them maybe being confused or frustrated. And when the, you know, and then since that time period of falling off, they felt, you know, Hey, I should be training, but man, this last time I tried so hard, like 
you know, maybe I didn't get what I really wanted out of it or like, why did it only last for a couple months? Like I must've been doing something wrong. And, you know, obviously they were, but, um, besides the fact of just giving all out effort, which I a hundred, a hundred times out of a hundred, uh, I appreciate that to the fullest. Um, it's motivating for me as a coach, but we just need to harness that, um, that drive and that focus that, you know, these athletes have, um, but you have to understand that nine out of 10 times the motivated racer, if they're on their own is doing too much. And this leads to either burnout plateaus and frustration. Um, at some point, if you're pushing the needle too hard at some point, like you're going to like, you're just going to be over it. You're not going to train as hard. You're going to be frustrated because you're just feel like you're, you know, you gain some progress, but then you're just like pounding your head into a brick wall and you're not moving it. And you're just frustrated because it's like, man, like, why am I doing all this hard work? And it's just like, I'm still getting tired at the racetrack when I'm trying to compete. And how is, you know, how is my competitor who, who I know does nothing, but you know, they still outperform me on the weekend. And, you know, I usually gas out before they do like, how is that, how is that racer beating me when I know I'm training harder? Um, so these are common themes that I run into and a lot of it's like, you know, pretty simple fixes on my end. Um, but training for really short training, really hard for short periods of time and then taking long periods off that is not staying ready. That is, you know, really, um, inconsistent, um, inconsistent training, you know, behaviors and habits. And, you know, again, you're training really hard and then you're taking a lot of times off. So you're creating harsh transitions from, exposing your body to a lot of, you know, high, high volume, high intensity work, and then there's nothing. So again, that's not a good, a good regimen for an athlete, especially a high level athlete. Also other themes I see or is, um, kind of how these, these themes get started is, you know, the racer is going to put themselves in a really tough off season or preseason, um, phase, um, everybody in the sport right now likes to call it boot camp for whatever reason, but again, that's just what the off season preseason phase is more so a preseason. Um, you know, again, this is, could be eight to 12 week period. They do a, all this work to get ready for, you know, for the first race. And then from there on out for the rest of the year, they're kind of just cruising through the season, just kind of going through the grind of racing and not really tending on their fitness like they should be. So you go from this maybe two month period, well, there's still these 10 months out of the year, you know, you still need to tend to your fitness because these results just aren't going to last you. Like if it's, you know, if it's February and you're getting ready for your race season to start in March, well, like what happens when you're still racing in June or July? Like there's going to be certain abilities that aren't going to carry you through to that point. Um, it's kind of what we're going to talk about here next um, still before the five rules, I'm going to share even like, if you thought that was kind of cool, like you're definitely going to think this next session, this, this next, next section of the podcast is going to be hopefully even cooler. Um, cause a lot of people ask me about this stuff and, um, you know, it's just a lot deeper than what I'm going to get into here, but I'm going to give you a very like base understanding, some just a very general overview of how residual training effects like actually work in reality. Um, We need to understand that 
you know, in order to be consistent with training and staying ready, like what we need to understand first is that there's different training effects, like residual training effects that last for different time periods. And I want to share this with you because you have to understand that, you know, not everything lasts for a long time. Some certain things do, but there's like a drop off period where like, Hey, when you do something, you only have a few days, um, that you can hang on to this stuff and you have to keep tending to it. So this is, I'm, I'm kind of taking a lot of this from, uh, a chart from Dr. Vladimir Isserin's book. It's a uh, block periodization and he has a really nice like outline sort of, um, picture of this and then I kind of just broke it down into my own notes for you and I kind of just I'm going to talk about the certain like skills and abilities that are going to tend to you know you as a racer and try to make it a little more applicable like try to like you know make it a little more applicable to you as a racer we're not going to talk about all the different um, fitness abilities but just kind of give you a little bit to chew on here for today um so we have to understand there's long-term residuals, there's medium-term residuals, short-term residuals, and the long-term, those are like, you know, once you've developed these certain abilities, they can last you up to a number of years, um, you know, after these abilities have been, have been developed. So like this should be like really what like a lot of people consider base training. Like this is kind of more the reality of what base training is. And the base training is really more of like this early foundation phase of sport preparation. To be honest, um, a lot of people get this wrong, especially if you live in America and, you know, the United States where we skip this phase a lot in a lot of sports, not just racing. Um, a lot of racers actually get this down pretty good, especially the, uh, the first ability, which I'm going to talk about is movement skills in event and event specific technique so this is literally just learning how to ride learning how to race learning all of the um all the skill sets you need to to ride a dirt bike um that's why i think a lot of like riding coaches are becoming really popular especially with little kids right now um it's a great idea to teach these skills at a young age because this can last for a number of years this is why you know ricky carmichael when his whole career took time off racing dirt bikes and I think we could all agree here in the end of 2020 that you know if he really wanted to come out and race you know he would probably still impress a lot of people and um not saying he would win but he would definitely be able to probably qualify for a race um for a main events um you know who really knows it's all theoretical that I'm speaking right now but the idea is not that far out that he would still do pretty good if he really wanted to and that's because he had a number of years and he developed his uh, movement skills so drastically that, hey, they, they stuck around with him, um, you know, and those skills will come back. They come back pretty quick and um, they just kind of ingrain in your into your nervous system. And um, yeah, so just that's something you need to know as an athlete. You need to ingrain movement skills because they will last you for a long time. That's also good because you know that if you just take two days off of your bike from riding, you're not going to forget how to ride in two days. So um, it's also good to know on that aspect. Um, also, some long-term residuals. These would be like gross adaptations of muscles, tendons, and bone structure. 
So if you lay down the foundation early enough in your athletic career um, over a period of time, you know, these adaptations can last for a long time. So this would be like the example of if you've known like if you've known of a bodybuilder who used to be um, very serious and competitive and he was he or she was just really huge um, and with a huge, impressive physique, but then quit bodybuilding and then doesn't even lift weights anymore. You know, and then two years later after competing, you know, they're walking around not touching a weight in for years, but they still look like a normal person that works out at the gym, even though they don't train at all. So those adaptations kind of hung around like they didn't just wither away to nothing um, after a couple of days of taking off. Um, also, heart size and heart volume. So the the size of your heart, you know, the hypertrophy of it and how much blood volume you can pump into pump through your heart um, those are long-lasting effects too so again it's just simple of why aerobic training is so great for cardiac like cardiac health and fighting against heart disease uh, because these adaptations can last for a long time and you want to have a nice strong healthy heart in order to hopefully prevent yourself from you know heart attacks and things like that um, you know those things when you're and and another thing when it comes to training you want to realize why this is important because, you know, you see so many like um, people preaching, you know, high intensity um, conditioning and, you know, all of the, the benefits with it. But the reality is if you're just doing like five minute Tabata workouts and you're just always like maxing yourself out with your heart rate, you're never actually taking the time to aerobically train your heart rate so that you actually build the size of the heart and produce the blood volume. You do, you know, you're just sitting there stressing your heart rate, your heart really for short periods of time and it doesn't actually have time to develop like it needs to. That's why I'm not really, I don't preach, you know, taking somebody off the couch and just throwing them into a bunch of high intensity methods. Um, you know, we we need to have time to develop that heart. It's a muscle. We don't just throw people into, under, a, uh, under a barbell and tell them to max out on the first day. So it's the same, it's really the same um, animal that we're kind of working with. So those are kind of good to know. We need to understand that there are long-term residuals that once you develop them, they're kind of here to stay, to stick around. So that's a good thing. Um, we also have medium-term residuals, which is like things that will hang around for a number of months. So these things would be like resting heart rate. So if you get your heart rate down, say you're at 60, but you even improve it down to 55, um, you know, whatever you did to make that happen, if you stop doing it, you know, it's going to take a number of months for that resting heart rate to creep back up to where it was, you know, at 60 beats per minute. Um, capillary density. So this would be like the network between um, when your blood's from your veins and arteries, um, you have capillaries that transport the muscle from you know, your arteries and veins to your muscles. And the broader that network is, the more like the better blood flow you're going to have through your body, the better aerobic efficiency you'll have. The, the warmer your muscles will stay, the easier it is to recover, um, the less chance you're going to have arm pump because you're getting better blood flow. And, you know, so overall that's going to last for a number of months. So that's really important to know. Um, also muscle fiber recruitment. Um, so this is just your body that your nervous system's ability to be able to recruit muscle fibers under force. So, um, a lot of people think of it as kind of like a, a light switch on and off. 
whether you're just, yep, I'm recruiting muscle fibers or I'm not. It doesn't really work like that. It's sort of like a, like a system that kind of like it only activates as much as you need it to or you train it to. And it kind of like it's sort of more of like a like a meter. If you looked at like a meter range, like, um, you know, you need to you could turn it on a little bit or you could turn it on a lot but you have to be able to train it to turn it on a lot. So that's basically teaching your muscles from a nervous system standpoint to fire really fast and really efficiently at the right times. So good thing with that, those kind of things last for a number of months, um, some shorter than the other, but you could get a couple months out of each of those abilities. And then the short-term residuals, which you need to understand could last for only a few days to only a few weeks. And this is, these are things like your anaerobic threshold is going to drop off really quickly. Uh, muscle strength, muscle endurance. So things that we really see um, and depend on to promote athletic performance and to compete at our highest level. Um, you know, these are things that are a little bit more high intensity in nature to build in fitness. Um, but what you have to understand is because they're higher intensity, they drop off sooner too. So you have to be on, have to understand that, Hey, you build, you know, you improve your anaerobic threshold in the preseason, but let's hopefully, you know, a few months down the road, you're still tending to that need because eventually it's going to drop off, you know, unless you just want to rely strictly on racing to uh, maintain that you can, but it's not going to be the best way. So you kind of always want to be tending to these things. You also want to also be tending to just pure muscle strength, you know, your muscle endurance. Uh, these are things you can lose quite fast. Um, so I just wanted to give you that information because, you know, it's not just this, Hey, I'm in shape. I'm, Hey, I'm out of shape. It's, there's a lot of levels to this. And what I just covered is like extremely elementary, um, for what we kind of just spoke about, but a lot of people don't even understand this. So hopefully you kind of just, um, took all that in and kind of just hoped open your eyes a little bit to, or maybe just cleared up some confusion of how that works. Cause a lot of people kind of know this stuff just by doing it, but they can't really understand it or put words to it. So hopefully I kind of just help, you know, close that gap in a little bit for you. Like this is a real thing. This, this actually in reality, like there's certain things you lose faster than the other. So you have to have like a broad understanding of how this all works within training because at the end of the day we're trying to train these abilities if you don't train the abilities then you don't get better as an athlete so and we're kind of just wasting our time so now let's move into the five rules that um five rules to staying ready so that you don't have to get ready uh rule number one is going to be only take two weeks completely off throughout the whole entire year so this is a 100% total break from everything. This is living as a civilian. This is doing nothing that results in benefiting from your sport. And this should either be, you know, either two weeks altogether, or maybe you do a week off and then a week off, you know, six months from now. And that may sound kind of daunting. You're like, man, like, when am I ever going to get a break? Well, you know, you can definitely take breaks, but you always just want to be tending to your fitness at some degree, some level. Um, you know, you shouldn't like totally just take, you know, a month off of doing nothing. Like you could take a month off from, you know, from riding or really like hard training, 
but you can also just do easy light training for a month um, before things have to get hard. Um, number two, um, and it's kind of where we we're going with um, what I ended with number one, but you have to have different training phases. So like you don't always have to be going hard in the paint all year round. That's good. We don't want to have to do that. That's kind of like, um, you know, that's good news. Like we don't have to always be rocky in, um, in Russia running through snow and, and punching and, and punching, uh, frozen cows and things like that. Like, you know, it does not every, not every session has to be a training montage. So, you know, we do this by manipulating loads, intensities, volumes, um, you know, means of trainings, methods of trainings throughout the year. And we pull back when the schedule is demanding too. So, um, kind of how I do this here, how my philosophy works is I use something that's called vertical integration. This was a idea from Charlie Francis, kind of how he does it. It's technically a conjugate method. If you're familiar with any, you know, periodization, um, I do organize my training into different phases. So it's kind of like, I do understand, like I, I take ideas from block training, but it's not concentrated block training. But I do have phases where things change, or the goals change, they shift a little bit. And you know, the vertical integration part is we're always working on everything, but certain things take priority throughout the year. Um, so that's how we kind of shift things around throughout the year, so that you're always training, but you're not always just, you know, in AKA boot camp mode all year round you have to sort of juggle and adjust things uh number three you want to train within yourself so no matter if you're in a hard phase or an easier phase of training uh you don't want to blow past your thresholds you want to leave some energy in the tank after each session you don't want to crush your soul um you also want to limit yourself to only two to three days two to three hard days uh throughout each week so again if you're racing you have to consider that as one of the hard days because that is technically um you know the hardest day of the week you can't replicate uh, you can't replicate actual competition without doing it so for those people that say like um you know you train so hard that the competition day is easy um that's really not like accurate um i think that's just sort of like a, a mentality thing but um and if that is accurate, then you're just not trying hard enough or you need to go seek higher competition if you find that competition is actually easier than your training days. Um, or your training partners are just that crazy that they just crush your soul throughout the week. But anyways, that's a different discussion. Um, so, yeah, you have to, like, keep in the realization that, like, say if you're doing a Saturday and a Sunday, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday you're competing – well, there's two of the days, so that only leaves one really other day to go hard during the week. And you can still train the other days, but again, it has to be easier sessions. Um, and then do not max yourself out or test yourself all the time. So you shouldn't be finding like all the time, like max reps. Um, and you shouldn't be testing, you know, conditioning and things like that all the time. You know, we're talking like one to two times a year This should be done. If you have to max out and test more than that, then you don't, tr you, then you're not trusting in your training program. Uh, your training program should almost always give you feedback of what's going on. So you should, so you shouldn't even have to really test that much at all. Um, 
Number four, allow for recovery time. So you need to allow for recovery times of 48 hours to 72 hours pre-race and post-race. You should be allowing to get ready for the race and then recovering from the race as well. And you also want to focus, again, we talked about this before, but sleep, hydration, nutrition, proper sequencing of training. These are things that's going to help keep you fresh and keep you going throughout the year. So, you know, if you start feeling like a lack, like, like, like training is going to become a daunting thing, go back to, hey, am I sleeping enough? Am I hydrated enough? Am I eating properly? Is my planning throughout the week, how I'm sequencing, you know, racing and all my training sessions? Is this all right? Go back there and it's probably off and you'll probably feel a whole lot better here in, in um, a few days if you just kind of fix those things. Uh, number five, the last thing, um, look, you're an athlete. It's your job to stay ready if you're taking this seriously. Um, it's who you are. It's not just what you do. You're a racer. So part of, you know, part of this is who you are. It's in your blood. You want to stay ready. And you can have downtime for sure. I totally recommend it with, you know, my athletes. I tell everybody have downtime, but you should always have a pulse in your fitness. And if you could do that, um, you know, it's just going to make training that much easier so that when it's like, Hey, now it's time to crank things up because we got to get ready for the season. You are so far ahead of the game and it's actually going to make training easier for you when you need to actually go hard. So Hopefully you really taken taken into account how important all this is, how serious this is, and um, you know, hopefully you can use at least a little bit of this information to help further your career. So as far as staying ready, um, that's it for today. Um, don't really have anything else to share for you, but for future episodes, I am down to do another Q and A episode um, from you. If you have any questions, I like to make sure that I'm helping answer your questions. So. Um, it'll also give me great content for another episode in the future. So if you have some good messages, I'm only going to use good questions. So, uh, make sure they're like, they're kind of thought out. Um, you can shoot me any questions you want. Doesn't mean I'm going to use them, but, uh, <laughs> if they're, um, some good thought provoking questions, uh, definitely want to do an episode with that. So you can either shoot me your questions on messenger on Instagram. If you have that, um, my name is just at Joel Yunkins, or if you don't have Instagram, you can email me, um, at Joel Yunkins at jytraining.com. Also remember my motocross training programs is available on my website. It's uh, jytraining.com. If you're looking for a structured motor specific program to follow along at a very cost effective price point, um, we already have a handful of racers that started already and, um, they've, they're into like one or two weeks now of training and I'm um, getting some really great feedback from them. They're enjoying it. They're finding it productive. So it's great to hear. So if that's something you're interested in, you just need some structure at a really, you know, solid price point. Um, you know, that's definitely a, a solid option for you. I do. I am offering uh, in-person training here. If you're in the Northeast Ohio area at my facility, um, I also have two online coaching options available. If you actually want to work directly with myself, like you actually want to have um, that coaching contact, um, I have those available too. Uh, let me know, um, you know, if, if any of this is of interest to you and, um, yeah, that's about it for today. We'll talk soon and make sure stay ready so you don't have to get ready. All right. Peace out.